Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Esparse of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Also heard in Spanish if you press the SAP button. <laughs> I think I said Esparse. I think I said Esparse. Hola, amigos. Hello. That's how it says it on uh, on Eon Project Deportes. Oh. So yeah, we we actually have a uh, Spanish version of this. Yep, yep. We we won't we Google translate it every every show <laughs> into Latin. Yep, absolutely. Welcome to the Eon Project. You know what I was thinking on the way over here today? Yes, uh, our show is like a fine beluga caviar. Mm. Uh, some people love it, others uh, just don't get it. You know, beluga. When you think of beluga, is is a whale, but the caviar is not whale. No, it isn't. So how does that happen? I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. That term. I don't know. But I was in a store the other day, and my son didn't know what caviar was, and I explained it to him, and he mm. goes, "People eat that," and I said, "Yeah." Yeah. Speaking of stores, you know what the ultimate um, laxative is? Mm-mm. The ultimate laxative. If you if you are ever backed up, <laughs> uh, that go, doesn't happen all that often. Go to go walk into a big box store. Go into like Walmart or Lowe's. Okay. And as soon as you walk in, within minutes, you have to do a bowel movement. No, that happens to me at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, same thing there. In the proximity of all these reading materials. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I don't know. I'm surprised Barnes & Noble is still in business, to be quite honest. You know, everybody... Who buys books anymore, number one? I like books. I, I love books. Yeah, I, I read like books, books all the time. But most people buy them online. It's cheaper. I can't get into the electronic books. I like no. to have the actual yeah. book in hand. Bo- that I can, books will never go that away. That I can skim through if I want and go back. And it's great. Well, welcome to another edition of the Eon Project. Last week... We talked about some some uh, depressing murder cases. We did. Un- unsolved murder cases. And we met with some violent feedback about our we show. We did. You know, we always try to put our own little twist on it anyway. But, sure. Uh, yeah, we get some... Uh, some people didn't like it. No, they That's didn't. okay. And you know what? It, 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 everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Uh, we appreciate the fact that anyone is listening anyway. So uh, we, even if your feedback is bad, we like to hear it. You know what made the show great, though? And, and I did get some positive feedback. What's that? That was the epic... Christmas uh, Carol rap battle. People seem to really love that. Some people, and uh, we've got we got hundreds of messages about how great it was, and uh, we really appreciate that because we put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, we we just kind of came up with that on the fly. Yeah, we did. Anyway, yep. Well, on this week's episode, we're going to talk about some some interesting places again uh, that have somewhat of a similar theme. One from the West Coast and one from the East Coast. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about some a, a uh, haunted institutions, if you will. Yeah, one of them. Is the haunted island of Alcatraz. Alcatraz, where they send alcoholics to rehabilitate. And the other one is the Lad School from Exeter, Rhode Island. Mm, a lot so, of people probably haven't heard of that no, one. No, they probably haven't. Everybody's heard of Alcatraz. Not many people have heard of the Lad School. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. Absolutely. Also, at the halfway point, we have a very special uh, musical number. And that's all I'm going to say right now. I'll talk a little bit more about it as, uh, as we get closer to it. Okay, but before we get into that, you know, I love the colonial period. Are you a fan of the colonial period? I do find it interesting, sure. You know, most people uh, don't really know a whole heck of a lot about the colonial period. Mm -hmm. But one aspect of it that I wanted to discuss real briefly today, which I find to be interesting and and, and also related to this time of year. Yep. So, wouldn't you like to party like a colonial? You know, they they had some uh, some good times, I'll tell you. Well, you know, most people think that colonial America was a boring place. No, not at all. Well, it it was kind of boring. But they didn't, so they didn't have a whole lot to do. So what did they do? They drank a lot. Yep. Right? Because, you know, it's more fun to drink when there's nothing going on and you forget about the troubles of your day. That's right. And it's something to do. That's why I'm drunk now. So listen to this. February 2nd, 1736. So this is going back, uh, way back in the day. Yep. It was recorded in a Philadelphia newspaper that a tavern goer made a wager of half a crown. 
which I don't know how much that is, but I'm, I think it's a lot. Is that more than a shilling? It's half a crown. Oh. That he could drink a gallon of cider royale, which is a very strong cider. Oh, that sounds good. He could drink a gallon of cider royale within the space of one hour and a half. If you put royale on anything, it's Royale good. with cheese. Yep. So anyway, so he's supposed to drink a gallon of royal cider within an hour and a half. You think he could do it? That's, uh, that's a lot of cider. No sooner having accomplished this task, he said, I have finished, and then fell down dead. Oh, he dropped dead. He dropped dead. So, what does that tell you? So he drank a gallon of cider, then dropped dead. Yeah. With it, yeah wow. Yeah, well, he, he, he won his half a crown. That, I wonder if his d- dependents got the that was, uh, half a crown. That was, uh, that was impressive. But, well, uh, yeah. what, you probably are wondering, what colonists would drink back in the day? You know, it's I, a little I, different from what we have today. I do wonder that. You wonder that often? Yep. No, you don't. So anyway, depend, uh, what colonists drank depended on a few different things, including how rich they are and, and where they lived, which is not all that different from today. Sure. You know, depending on how, what your wealth status is and where you occupy geographically depends a lot on what you enjoy alcohol beverage-wise. Mm-hmm. So for example, gentlemen and ladies of wealth drank wine. Yep. Specifically of the French variety. Of course, the French, fancy French. French make the good wine. Mm-hmm. George Washington was a big fan of Madeira wine. Madero? Madero. Is that like Midori? No, Madeira. What is Midori? Is it like a melon liqueur? It's melon liqueur. Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, so gentlemen, ladies of well drank wine. At taverns, which is where the more common folk would go. Yep. Uh, beer, cider, and a thing called methegalin, which is made from a fermented honey and rum. And also a drink called Blackstrap, which is rum and molasses. How about mead? Is that like prevalent. mead? It's kind of like mead, yeah. Mead mm. made from honey. So okay. me- methiglin was like that. All right. But it was mixed with rum. You know, rum was very prevalent back in the day. Yes. Especially for pirates. So, but again, it depended on where you were geographically. So, for instance, in New England, rum and cider were prominent. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, actually, there was a thing called New England rum, which was, I'm not sure how it was different from Jamaican rum. Yes. But uh, New England rum was a thing. Uh, beer and brandies were big in the middle and southern colonies. So uh, brandy made from fermented cherries, plums, peaches, and other tree fruits were big in the middle and the southern colonies. Also popular was a drink called mumbo, which was rum, water, and sugar oh. mixed. If it was hot, it was called a toddy. Let me guess where that was uh, popular. That was like down Louisiana way. Well, no, because there was no Louisiana way. This was down in the southern colonies. Like, uh, so, yeah. But yeah, That's the, what I mean. In that, yeah, yeah, no, I, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. But if it was hot, it was called a toddy. Mm, which hot they, toddy. Yeah, which now today a hot toddy is something different. It's, I think it's whiskey. Mm. But uh, back then it was rum and water and sugar. Without the sugar, if it's just rum and water, it's called grog. Ooh. Which a lot of people have You can drink grog of. out of a grog. Grog. Here's some interesting regional drinks real quick. In New Jersey, there was a drink called Applejack, which is a fermented apple beverage, which was drank either straight up or when they mixed it with hot water and mustard, it was called scotchum. Oh. So imagine drinking that. So it's... It's fermented apples with hot water and mustard. You know, I like mustard as much as the next guy, but I don't know in you don't that want, case. Maybe I'm, I'm going to order a scotchum the next time I, I'm in a New Jersey Would that bar. be uh, a spicy brown mustard or like a classic yellow mustard? It would probably be the spicy brown. Mm. Yeah, they didn't have classic yellow. Another favorite of the time was something called a creaming flip. But you don't know what a creaming flip is. Uh, I, w- I saw that online the other day when I was uh, looking at for something else. Something else. Up. Which was a mix of strong beer, New England rum, dried pumpkin, and sugar or molasses. That sounds gross. They were creative. And then when it was all mixed up, what you did was you shoved a hot poker into it, causing it to bubble and foam and produce a burnt te- a burnt taste. Hmm. So they literally had nothing else to do. You know, Christmas Eve, we're this. having a little gathering at the EM Project Studios. I may attempt to make that. You're going to make a creaming flip? Yep, I got to get a hot poker going, though. You got to get a hot poker. You got to get some dried pumpkin mm-hmm. and some rum and some beer. 
Okay. Make a creaming flip. That like sounds that. disgusting. I like that. Send me the directions on that. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do that. So that's just an insight into some of the colonial drinking habits, which I find to be very interesting. So it's funny you mentioned that because uh, going back to the a little bit later on time period, the Civil War, I'm a, I'm a big Civil War enthusiast, mm-hmm. and uh, they they made a they made a drink the battlefield on the battlefield. The soldiers, um, of course, they were looking for any way to uh, find alcoholic beverages before, you know, when they sure. weren't, you know. Uh, rum- rummaging through towns and such. Mm-hmm. So they had to make their own, right? Because they were li- had limited supplies. Right. So what they would do is they would take various, uh, you know, meats and fruits and just random things that they had lying around. Mm-hmm. And they would they would put them in a pot and they would, uh, you know, they would make them. They would ferment them. Like they do in prison. So it was just random things. They'd actually ferment meat and they would drink that. And they called, What? Yes. The meat, they would use meat. That's and they, would, they called it, uh, had, a, had a, a name, and they called it Pop Skull. <laughs> because Why is you, that? I because wonder. when you drank it, it just it crushed your skull, like yeah. like if you're getting stomped by a horse. I'm, that sounds great. Yeah. I wonder if it had to be special kind of meat. I bet I bet that tasted just wonderful, awful, the pungent but, smell. But you do you got to do what you got to do in uh, tough times. You know, I used to know a prison guard. Uh, I was pretty friendly with a prison guard, uh, not when I was in prison, but another time. Yeah, and uh, he he told me how to make pruno. You know what pruno is? Uh, well, it must have prunes in it. No, it's just oh. what they call it in jail when they they get. If uh, prisoners get their hands on any type of fruit, mm. uh, they ferment they ferment it in these je- uh, gallon jugs on their on their little windowsill that they have. Yeah, and, and it sits there. And you know, if you leave fruit steeping, yeah, for a certain amount of time, it becomes alcoholic. The 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 way that the, they it breaks down and smells and tastes disgusting. You know what? One of, what must be one of the most difficult things in a prison What's if that? you're confined to a small room with another human, uh-huh. and there's just a toilet in there. And you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta know, go crap in front of the guy. And well, not necessarily, but you know, it just everything just gets contained in the little room. And, yeah. Uh, you see somebody in there, all their glory. So the worst thing you can think about going to prison for a long time is the toilet situation. Yeah, that'd be that'd be scary. Anyway, so yeah. should we jump into the topic? Let's today do it. So Let's do it. Enough, enough, enough rambling. Alienate any more listeners? And then I have a funny news story that I'm gonna get to later. Okay. So what is it about mental hospitals that makes people so weirded out? Well, it makes people mental. Right. I think part of it has to do with. Well, about, about mental uh, people who have mental conditions in general, I think part of what people are so afraid of is that you can't predict what someone might do. You find that to be the most frightening part of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You don't because normal people, you can kind of tell what they're going to do, or at least you have some sort of expectance that they're going to adhere yeah. to cer- certain social mores and the unpredictable uh, nature of the disturbed. You don't know what they're going to do, exactly. so you, so it's scary. So what do you do? Is you take a whole bunch of these insane people and you put them in a confined space. What yeah. do you get? Oh man, madness. Yeah. You one, get a, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. You get a mental hospital, which, you know, they don't have those anymore. They have mental health treatment facilities. Yeah. Which I, I'm, I'm going to get to a, a social justice point in a few moments. <laughs> anyway, so what if you get a whole bunch of these people together. Now let's add a couple of more. Uh, let's add a couple of more factors to the bowl here. Mm-hmm. Inhuman conditions, inhumane conditions, incompetent staff, sadistic workers. What do you get? You yeah, get basically a, you have the start of a horror movie. You get a, the human version of the pop skull. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's it just sounds like the, a bad horror movie or a good horror movie, but this type this type of thing not only existed but happened right here in the little state of Rhode Island. Yes, the Eon Project Studios are ro- located in Rhode Island. That's for right. Those of you who don't know, that's that's uh, not part of New York. So no, it is not. There's a thing called the Lad School, L A D D, which was founded by the Rhode Island School, which is actually founded. Listen to this. It was founded as the Rhode Island School for the Feeble Minded <laughs> in 1908. I could go there now. Feeble minded. Did your great great grandpappy start that school? He may have. Oh. In Exeter, Rhode Island. You know where Exeter is? I do. It's like way down there. Yeah. It's a nice area. It's near the exit. Mm hmm. 
While initially housing only a few patients, the population began to grow steadily throughout the years. By 1915, the population had grown to 123 patients with a waiting list of more than 300. So obviously that there's there's things going on. What happens, let me ask you this, what happens if you're founded with the intention of only having a few patients and then soon you have hundreds of patients? Oh yeah, overcrowding. Overcrowding, Yeah, right. bad, bad uh, yeah, that's, that's not good. So the place soon, by 1923, had 365 inmates and it was grossly overcrowded. Mm. Because of the rapid growth in patients, the school wasn't equipped with infrastructure to handle the numbers. So they didn't have... A few things like this. They didn't have recreational areas at right. all. They didn't have any dental care. No chapel. No morgue. Mm. They didn't really have anything to do. What's, what's the time frame on this again now? This is 1923 when this, okay. is, this is going Oh, on. the 20s again. I don't like the 20s. Yeah. Also, news report, newspaper reports of the day criticized the facility as there didn't seem to be any mental health care going on there at all. It was just basically... Um, they made sure that you didn't leave, right, and that you didn't die. Just a giant holding area. That's exactly basically. what it was. Yeah. It was. It was just make sure you didn't die. Hit some food every once in a while. So what did they do to alleviate these conditions? They just made some new buildings. They didn't fix anything. Mm. They just started making new buildings to house people. So by 1950, there was nearly 900 patients crammed together in poor living conditions. Adding to the overpopulation, it was later revealed that the fact that there was only one doctor working at the school, and that was Dr. Ladd himself. So the other staff members working there had little to no medical training whatsoever. Yep. So there was no mental rehabilitation. There was no uh, treatment or anything like that. As you said, it was just like a holding area. Mm-hmm. So by 1956, Dr. Ladd, who started the school, was getting, was getting old, and he decided to retire. He turned over the school to a guy named John Smith, Dr. John Smith. That's oh. a pretty unique name, right? Yeah. By this time, conditions were terrible. There were rats everywhere, uh, patients sleeping in cots only inches apart. Uh, and then reports were were uh, circulating. There were savage beatings conducted by the staff. Uh, overall, not not a good situation. And throughout these years, there was a few uh, kind of horrific murders that took place mm. uh, within the facility. One in particular, uh, a nine-year-old boy was found dead in a sack hanging from a shower head. He had been asphyxiated. So somebody stuffed him in a sack and hung him from so a shower head. So they were like young children in this place. Yeah, it was a nine-year-old kid, which is disgusting. That's not pleasant. Uh, an elderly man was pushed down some stairs by someone unknown. You sure he didn't get caught in an escalator? I've seen that happen a lot with old people. Old people, they do weird. Yeah, you ever see old people trying to get on an escalator? I've seen them try to. Go they try on. to. They try to time it. So like they put their hand on it and then they're timing it and they're making. You can't see this because this is radio, but I'm making a motion with my hand. Yeah. Uh, and they tried to time it with their foot in their hand to get on at the right time. So many, many, many moons ago, I had a a job as a. Uh, uh, loss prevention officer for a, a major department store. Oh. You know, plainclothes store detective. Yeah, yeah, sure. Catch shoplifters. And, and uh, you know, I really enjoy that job. It's probably one of the greatest jobs I've ever had. That's a fun job. It didn't didn't like. pay much, but it was fun. Yeah. So we used to get to watch the uh, the closed circuit cameras all over the place. And I bet you were looking at some inappropriate things. And one of the things I saw a lot was old people falling down escalators. Yeah, it and, happens. Uh, they lose their balance. Oh, man. One guy got, it was an old lady, actually. She was going down. She hit the bottom. Her long trench coat got caught in the treads. Oh. And she got pulled down, and uh, escalators are dangerous, oh, man. They, they can People be dangerous. Could kill you. Metal teeth. And I everything. saw. I saw a horrific video once of a, a, a escalator in China where it basically ate a woman. Oh my god! She, she was riding it to the top, and she, it was actually disgusting. You can find it online if you want to. No thanks. But uh, she was riding it with a kid, a small kid. Mm-hmm. She was holding in her arms, and the platform at the top fell, and she started. She fell into the gears. Oh! She pushed her child to safety. Oh, good for her. And then she was eaten by the escalator. Oh, my God. It chewed her up? Yep. Yeah. It, it, she was caught in the gears and stuff. Chinese anyway, escalators. Anyway, let's we'll stop talking about escalators for a moment. So back to the lad school. Yep. After uh, there were some mysterious deaths. Also, a female patient was impregnated repeatedly, uh, and they couldn't say who was doing it, so whether another inmate could or be was, random people. could be anyone. So 
All this is going on in the 1950s all the way up to the 1980s. 1983, uh, Dr. Smith was fired after a class action lawsuit claimed inhumane conditions. So it took him from 1903 to 1983. 80 years. 80 years of, of nonsense. Of inhumane conditions before the law stepped in. Uh, and then so they began the process of slowly transferring patients out. And, and uh, as they were doing that, they were downsizing and they were destroying the buildings that were, mm-hmm. you know, the worst decrepit buildings. Finally, 1993, the last inmates were transferred out. So it's been closed since 1993. And that should be the end of the story. But is it? Oh, let me think. What's next? What do you think is going to happen? Paranormal activity. So the location of the school has become somewhat of a magnet for ghost hunters and explorers of abandoned buildings. Um, And and slight codicil to this, uh, most of the buildings have been torn down as of now. But so from the 90s up until the early, I think it was 2013, uh, there were still some buildings up and i think that the ruins are still there but the buildings themselves have been torn down mm-hmm. but throughout that time uh supposedly a lot of paranormal phenomenon was said to be in, to be experienced if, if from people who were going to check it out so but well we'll get to that in a moment so uh here's some of the laundry list of things that supposedly take place there uneasy feelings of ooh, course cold spots mm. uh-huh. footsteps animal noises again that's probably because there's animals living in the woods in sure. the woods and probably in the ruins looking for shelter, uh, being touched, which that happens to me too, mm. uh, for a different reason. And, uh, you know, that sort of thing, no, normal stuff that you would hear about in supposedly haunted locations. So it became a, a, a place where people would go and hang out and look for ghosts and, you know, all that good stuff. Right. But probably the scariest thing that happened to ghost hunters happened in 2009. You want to know what happened? I do. This is from the local news website from Exeter, Rhode Island. Five men were charged with first-degree robbery and conspiracy to commit robbery at the abandoned Ladd School in Exeter. State police said a number of people reported being robbed over the last few months by a group of men on the grounds of the closed Ladd School. The abandoned hospital is popular with people who investigate internet claims that it's haunted. The victims said they were robbed of money, cell phones, iPods, and other items. So, so got, people five, that were going to investigate, yeah, the people ha- hiding out there and they were robbing There was five them? guys that were robbing people. Oh. Uh, in, in the ruins of the lad school. They were hiding out in the uh, the crumbled foundations. Because they know that people are going to come by there looking for stuff and they're going to have probably electronic equipment sure. and things of that sort. So just something to keep in mind when you're when you're going to go look at uh, abandoned. I know that some of the listeners of the program are into that sort of thing. Yeah. But this brings to mind a lot of bad things that could happen um, regarding the paranormal world that maybe we won't talk about today in detail, but on a future show. Um, you know, not only are people who are going to be into this ghost hunting thing liable to get robbed or attacked, as we just heard, but um, in many cases, they're trespassing on private property uh, or they're investigating dilapidated buildings that are a safety hazard, you know, stuff like that that could injure people. And then, one, again, I'm not going to get into it in detail, but uh, one of the stories I was looking at re- re- regarding the paranormal uh, li- liabilities and stuff, there was a convicted felon and child molester on a team of paranormal investigators that was inv- invited into someone's home, hmm. um, and they didn't realize it until later. So it's just a bizarre circumstance where people are so some, and some sometimes desperate to to get answers or to find out what's going on in their home that they'll invite people that they don't. You wouldn't you wouldn't pass these people on the street and invite them into your home and not right. know them, right. but because they have a website that says that they're mm-hmm. ghost hunters, which there's literally thousands of these mm. people running around with little to no. Uh, a direction or organization to them other than a website 
uh, and you're inviting them into your house, which and it's is a, thing, a, lot, like a pretty stupid thing to do. Uh, yeah, and a lot of times the homeowner will will leave the leave the sure. area, yeah. and these people have run of your of your home, so that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, and they're gonna get into your underwear drawers and not your underwear drawer. No, no. it's booby trapped. Yeah, we we talked about that. So anyway, that's the lad school. As I said, it's mostly tor- torn down, uh, but there's a if you're into there's a uh, you know. Uh, it's a subculture of humanity that enjoys abandoned buildings and yeah. uh, looking at pictures of that sort of thing. You can find tons of really interesting pictures about the Lad School online uh, that were taken before the buildings were t- torn down, and they're really creepy. There's you know there's still uh, wheelchairs in there and the dilapidated buildings. So are, and, are, are there any st- buildings still standing, or is it all just? I don't ruins? think so. I think it's all ruins. The last building was this circular uh, building that was erected in the I said erected in the '60s. Mm. Uh, that looked, it was kind of synonymous with the lad school, but I think that's been torn down. It actually reminds me of, uh, we, we went on a, uh, a paranormal adventure one time <laughs> with a, uh, a group in the, the local area here. Uh, I won't mention any names at this point, but I, it, it, the, the facility we went to was, I believe it was similar to that of some kind, right? Wasn't it was like some old hospital? You're or... talking about the one that was in Rutland? Yes. Yeah, it was an old tuberculosis hospital. Yeah, yeah, and that was the same kind of thing. It was out in the woods. It was just ruins. Just, a lot of ruins, yeah. foundations, and things like that. That was where the ghost supposedly threw rocks at you. That's right. But... Yeah. Yeah. That was not one of our finer moments, unfortunately. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so that's the lad school. So we're going to get into the next, before we move into the next segment of the show, mm. I want to, I have a, a crazy news story that I want to read. We always enjoy crazy news stories here. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting to, you know, what's even stranger than fiction is, is reality. Sure. The stuff that people do and the strange things that happen. <laughs> well, and especially this one. So this is a uh, slight, slight public service announcement. Uh, this is dealing with adult subject matter. It is not too graphic or anything like that, but it is talking about a sensitive subject. So if you have small listeners, mm. now would be a good time to uh, pause. And, and uh, Okay, sure let's they, pause for a second. Ready? They leave pause. Pause. Okay, go. Okay, go. So this is from the UK, which lots of cool stuff happens in the UK, right? No? U- United Kingdom? Yeah, the United Kingdom. Oh, all right. Uh, and that's actually from uh, 12 5 17, so just a couple of days ago. Oh, this not so, very, too long ago. Very, very new, new story. This is hot off the presses. Here's yeah. the headline. Woman claims to have sex with a ghost, and it's oh. the best she's ever had. It's interesting, but you know what? This is more common than you would think. Go ahead. Let me tell you the story. Cyan Jameson, Cyan is a weird name, 26, a writer from Shropshire, told how she recognized, quote-unquote, Robert when he floated into her bed from a painting in the house that she was staying in. Oh. she just moved into a rented property in Aberystwyth, Wales. You ever been to Wales? No. From North, Lo- she's I've been from, with some whales. She's from North London, mm-hmm. and she noticed that there was a handsome portrait dating from 1820 hanging above the mantelpiece. And a very handsome man, Ooh. A very handsome man. So the remote cottage was built in the, in the 16th century and was fully furnished with books and paintings. So she's renting a house and sure. it's like an old house, you know. So this is from her now. This is this is Cyan's words. A few months after I mo- I moved in, I woke early one morning to find a dark-haired, very-looking young man lying next to me. <laughs> He was fully clothed in a white shirt, neck scarf, and old-fashioned breeches. Mm. He had kind of a shimmer to him, as if he was fluttering behind a curtain. This is this is odd. I like this, though. So Cyan knew instinctively that, that he was a ghost and recognized him instantly as the man from the painting above her mantle. Mm-hmm. Within seconds, they began having sex. Oh, my God. During the lovemaking, I sensed all sorts of things about him. His name was Robert, and he lived over 100 years ago. So she knew this. She just sensed she it. Sensed, yes. Oh, so, so uh, yeah. So we didn't speak. It was all as if he was communicating with me telepathically. Uh, their encounter lasted for around an hour. That's a long oh my time God. for a ghost. Good for him. It's a long time for anybody. And when Cyan woke up, having fallen asleep in her arms, the ghostly lover had vanished. I wonder if he was a delicate lover. A few, well, sounds like it. A few days later, she said her paranormal lover returned. Again, he appeared. They made love. 
But after this time, she watched him get dressed and leave the room. So the ghost had to take his clothes off. Oh, my God. Now, oh, it's, supposedly he, he did return one more time after this. Uh, and it's, the, the, closing, the closing sentence of the article is actually the funniest. It says, Cyan is now in a relationship with a living man. <laughs> so <laughs> Good for her. She's moved on. So what I think is, I think, uh, I think Robert had the, the ultimate scam going on there. <laughs> you think it was a real dude? I think it was a real guy. He snuck in, <laughs> and uh, he was whispering in her ear. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm the ghost of Robert. And she didn't notice the uh, difference that he smelled of, of uh, Dracar Noir mm. uh, rather than ghost smell. What does a ghost smell like? You know, he was, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, for an hour, that's uh, that's, that's a long, long time. time. Yeah. You know, you what figure that the ghost would be in and out, you know, <laughs> like uh, in more ways than one. In, eh? Yeah. Just uh, just for a couple minutes for a quickie. It was good. Cyan. Isn't that a uh, isn't that a color? Isn't that like a light? Oh, uh, yes. Color? This is, this is spelled cyan, S-I-A-N right? instead of C-Y-A-N. Ah, yes. Cyan is blue. Blue. It's a blue. This it's is a bluish, cyan. A bluish hue to it. I wonder if Robert spoke like this. He said, ah, what was her name again? Cyan? <laughs> cyan. Ah, Cyan. Ah, this is Robert. I am coming to you from beyond the grave. I don't know, but he's having a good time. Oh, 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 Cyan. Oh. Yeah, that's anyway, how it went. So, you, like so you can have sex with ghosts, apparently. You can. You can. And, and what you if know, there's like a dating, there should be an app for that. That actually reminds me. Um, so, and, and not to get too graphic here, but you're an older man. Um, Thank you. Do you, do you find, and I, I hate to reveal this to the world, but do you find that you still have... Uh, you know, erotic dreams at times, or is that something that you only uh, has a teen? I, I don't really have. I never really had them. Really? No. Oh. So, why uh, are you confessing something? To well, the world? you know, they, they can be pretty. Uh, they can be pretty uh, uh, graphic. They can be pretty, uh, pretty intense. It's amazing. It's amazing what the. Do you want to describe one of the them? Human mind can do. Hanging? No, no, I can't. I can't get too into it. You know, no. of course, I'm a married man. It is amazing what a dream can do uh, to your psyche. Yeah. You know that, that that reminds me of something we talked about before. Uh, a dream show. No, so I want to start. Yeah. I want to start a dream log, which some people do, um, and not that reminds me oh, that I have a log. Quickly, before we get to the halfway point, yep. I had a dream recently. This is not an erotic dream. Mm. This is not a lovemaking dream at all. That's too bad. I had a dream. It had Dustin Hoffman was in it. Okay, Dustin Hoffman. And Dustin Hoffman and I were uh, we were in a helicopter. Was it young Dustin Hoffman or old Dustin? Uh, Hoffman? No, like like he, maybe like mid fifties Dustin Hoffman. Oh, okay. And we, him and I, helo casted. <laughs> Into the ocean. And for, for you that don't know what helo casting is, it's when you, you're on a military operation, you jump into the ocean from a helicopter. You He's pretty spry for an old man. So we helo casted, but he didn't, he, didn't do, he didn't fare well when he hit the waters. No? Nope, nope. He started to drown. Uh-oh. And I had to drag his lifeless body to the shore, and I performed mouth-to-mouth. Did you enjoy that? I did. Was he I, I was trying to resuscitate him, but he, he passed away. Oh. So D- Dustin Hoffman died, but here's where it gets even more interesting. I immediately took his body and had him cremated and put him in a small urn and started carrying him around the streets. Saying, this is Dustin Hoffman? Yes. Really? I was carrying him, uh, and I was crying. <laughs> I was crying incessantly, and people were gathering around. You're a big Dustin Hoffman fan? And they were crying, and the people. I was in a weird town. Wow. And when, listen to this. When, here's the best part. When I woke up, I, I was, my eyes were filled with tears, oh. and I was, I was literally crying. That's too bad. Isn't that weird? That's sad. Why does that happen? Uh... You must, did you watch a Dustin Hoffman film I, shortly I before? I haven't seen any any Dustin Hoffman movie since uh, what was that? What was that movie he made there? Which uh, one? Kramer versus Kramer. It was That's the probably 70s. the last movie I've ever seen with him. No, in it. Oh, yeah. he's been in tons of movies. What else has he been in? Dustin Hoffman, Meet the Fockers. Uh, oh meet, yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he was in. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah, he's been in tons of movies. Well, anyway. I don't know. I thought that was odd. Well, thank you for that extra special little glimpse. All right, so getting getting just about to the halfway point of the show here, as we do always uh, traditionally on the Eon Project, is we always have a new and interesting bit. We've we done try. Every, we've done everything from from readings, Shakespearean readings. Rap battles. We've done rap battles. We've done a few musical numbers. 
Um, so this this week is a little bit interesting. A little bit. It's a musical number, but it's a little different in the sense that um, I don't know if anybody, if the listeners recall, a few weeks back, Mike and I put out there that um, you know we enjoy making jingles. So we we made some uh, jingles for a couple uh, stores, right? We did the door store. The do- wait, yes, the door store. And we did uh, the clam boat. Clam boat. Yep, clam boat. So we were contacted by a, a dedicated and loyal listener of the program, mm. and they requested a uh, a song for themselves. They wanted a jingle about themselves. Did they pay us? They didn't pay us. So we went ahead and uh, took the initiative and made a listener-inspired jingle. And uh, so I, I actually recruited the help of this 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 a female listener of her uh, of her man servant, her man slave, and he gave me some. Uh, you know some inside information about this particular listener. So it's a quick uh, two-minute little little uh, song, and uh, you know it's some, there's some in- inside jokes there. You may not uh, all the listeners may not get it, but I think you still appreciate the uh, the musical aspect of of the bit here. So let's get into it. The name of that little ditty there was Brittany, not Spears. Ah, and uh, a lot of la la la's. That's not her name. Her name is not Brittany. Brittany, but it rhymes with Brittany. Brittany. And uh, Brittany, if you're listening, not Brittany, I should say. uh, I hope you enjoy that number. We made that especially for you here on the Eon Project. Soon to be released as a single. Exactly. So if you like that song, if you're a listener across the world, around the nation, across the country, let us know. Or if you have a business that you want us to promote, or a business, and uh, we'll get out there. We'll get our music out, guitars, and I'll put our little uh, thinking caps on, and we'll come up with something interesting and unique to you. Well, thank you. What do you think of that? Interesting. Yeah, not bad, huh? For a couple dumb Frenchmen. Oh. 
I had nothing to do with that. That was all you, man. Oh, well, I appreciate Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Yeah. So I think the next little bit we're going to get into is uh, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about Alcatraz. Alcatraz. You know, I always found Alcatraz to be... Uh, Wasn't that the name of... Uh, wait a minute. Yes. I'm having a brain uh, aneurysm. Oh. Do you remember the, the Jetsons? I do remember the Jetsons. Do you remember that uh, one episode of the Jetsons, uh, the dog named Astro... It was Astro. It was actually... Uh, it was found that he, was, he belonged to somebody else, uh, a different owner... And the different owner had a name for him, hmm. uh, and it was Tralfaz, <laughs> which was uh, not Astro at all, but his name was no. Tralfaz, and uh, it has reminded me of Alcatraz, which has nothing to do with what you're I don't, so I don't you. recall that particular episode. Tralfaz! Look it and up. That's how he said it? That's how he said it. Oh, He's you know, he was. A, I, think, I think he was a great Dane. You know, there's only two types of people. There was either Jetsons people or Flintstones people. You mm. couldn't be both. I was a Jetsons person. Really? Yeah. No, I, see, didn't I like was both, man. No. Totally. No, the Flintstones were irritating. Uh, although um, you liked Betty, Betty was way oh, hotter you than loved Wilma. Betty Rubble, didn't you? Betty was hot, man. She was she, she seemed like she was a freak in the sheets. So, <laughs> so what what was the sister's name? It was Elroy, and what was uh, the sister? Uh, Judy. Oh, Judy. Yeah, Judy was good. Jane, looking. his wife. Ding 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 ding. ding. Anyway, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So Alcatraz, as we all know, we've heard we've all heard of Alcatraz, right? Sure. We've heard of that famous uh, prison out there in uh, San Francisco Bay. Yes. And I believe you've been to Alcatraz. I have been to you? Alcatraz, yes. Oh. Maybe I'll talk about that in a little while. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite movies as a kid was Escape from Alcatraz, oh. starring Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk more about that here in a second. But <clears throat> So I'm going to give a little background about Alcatraz itself. And then I want to talk a few, a little bit about a few famous uh, ghost stories or mm. ghost-related stories that have occurred there at Alcatraz Island. Mm. So Alcatraz uh, is, a, is a federal penitentiary or a United States penitentiary. Um, it's just normally referred to just as Alcatraz. And it was a, a maximum high-security federal prison on what is called Alcatraz Island, which is only about 1.25 miles off the coast of San Francisco, is it California. A, is it a man-made island or is it a natural island? No, it is a natural uh, rock formation mm-hmm. out there in San Francisco Bay. And, and the, the, it operated as a prison from August 1934 until March of 1963. So for really not all that That's long. That's not that long, no. No, it wasn't. But the main prison building was actually built um, in 1910, between 1910 and 1912, during its time as United States Army military prison. So the Army is the one that initially established themselves there on the island, and they thought, hey, look at this, this uh, rock jutting out of the cold waters of San Francisco Bay. What a, what a great place to put our derelict sure. uh, you know, soldiers to keep them, keep them uh, at bay, so to speak. At bay. <laughs> <laughs> so Alcatraz actually had been the site of a citadel since the, since the 1860s. So it's a strategic place. Exactly. Out in the water, you know, away from the main uh, coast there, out in the bay, so you could put some guns out there mm-hmm. if anybody was trying to uh, Enter to the harbor there. That's Enter right. Enter the bay. So the United States, uh, the disciplinary barracks, Ooh. Uh, the Pacific branch on Alcatraz was acquired by the United States Department of Justice in 1933, and then slowly, uh, like a year later, the island became... Uh, you know, the Federal Bureau of Prisons took over the island in August of 1934. And, uh, you know, they were, the buildings were, some more buildings were built and they were modernized at the time, you know, modern uh, top-notch security prison for 1934. Mm-hmm. So given this, obviously, the location and the, the high security, like we said, the cold waters and the strong currents going on there, uh, you know, the prisoners, the, the people that built the prison thought, hey, this is uh, unescapable. You cannot get off of this island. Right. Much like Paris Island. <laughs> to the Marine Corps. Couldn't get off of that island either. No, definitely not. And if you tried to, you would be eaten by alligators or you would drown. Welcome to the rock. So, yeah, yeah. Sean Connery, eh? Again. Sean Connery. The, the rock is so, now a tourist attraction. Alcatraz was designed to hold prisoners who continuously cause trouble at other federal prisons. So, 
if you were sentenced, you went to another prison, if you were a troubled inmate or you were a high risk or a high flight risk inmate, uh, escape risk, then you'd be sent to, uh, to Alcatraz. Of course, one of the world's most notorious and best known prisons over the years, Alcatraz hosts some almost 15, over 1,500 of America's most ruthless criminals, ruthless. including Al Capone, mm-hmm. Robert Franklin Stroud, also known as the Birdman. The Birdman of Alcatraz. That's correct. George Machine Gun Kelly. Dude, yes. one of the best nicknames ever. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly. Another guy by didn't the Didn't they call wait a minute, didn't yeah. they call Jim Kelly from the Buffalo Bills Machine Gun Kelly? Because he, he was uh, very accurate. He was accurate, had to yeah. Even though machine guns arm. are not are not accurate. But anyway, continue. A guy by the name of Bumpy Johnson. Bumpy Johnson. Yep. <laughs> Rafael Cancel Miranda. I don't know him. Mickey Cohen. Oh, I know him. Arthur Doc Barker. Whitey Bulger, of course. I was going to say, Whitey Bulger about. did a stint there, too. And Alvin Creepy Carpus. Why was he called Creepy? Well, you know, he was creepy. He used to creep. He actually served more time in Alcatraz than any any other inmate on record. You know, uh, and it also provided housing for the Bureau of Prison staff and their family. So if you I wouldn't want work to there, there, you could actually live there as that well. That sounds like fun. Who, who wouldn't want to live where they work? Mm, not me. Not me either. A total of 36 prisoners over the years made 14 escape attempts during the 29 years of the prison's existence. Obviously, the most notable of which were the violent escape attempts of May 1946, known as the Battle of Alcatraz. Yes. That was a, uh, you know, that was a tough one there. And the arguably, arguably successful, because this could be a show on a, all on its own, which we talked about earlier, the Escape from Alcatraz movie with Clint Eastwood. That was the famous Anglin Brothers. The Anglin Brothers, yes. That's right. Frank, uh, uh, you know, John Anglin, Clarence Anglin, and Frank Morris were the three that uh, attempted to escape, and they never found them. No. If I, if I do believe. That's correct. correct. They never found them. Not only did they not find them, uh, they found traces that, uh, of evidence that may indicate that they were successful mm. in, in escaping. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm going to steal your thunder. I don't want to talk about it if you're going to, if you're going to discuss it. But um, there was actually, I remember very vividly, there was a very famous, uh, I believe it was on Unsolved Mysteries. Mm. They reenacted the they did. escape and they had professional uh they had a professional kayaker guy and a professional swimmer yep. out there in, in San Francisco Bay to see if they could do it and they couldn't do they it. They couldn't do it. They 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 using the materials that that the these right. guys supposedly had uh they they were not able to complete. So it. M- more than likely they didn't make it. Um right. they probably got swept out to the sea and drowned. Yeah. Um, a lot of strong currents around that island. There are a lot of currents. And and the worst part of all of that, not even just the currents, but or or the shark infested waters, <laughs> right. but the the cold. Yeah, if you've ever cold. been in really cold water, yes, it just literally zaps the life out of you. And if you're not prepared for it, yeah, you're yeah, gonna just be ask in big Jack trouble. from Titanic. That's right. Look what I happened mean. to him. You know that thing bothers me too because it just came out this past week that Kate Winslet, mm. uh, the the actress in in Titanic, uh, said that she doesn't understand why they killed off Jack at the end of the movie. She thought that he should live. Uh, there was plenty of room for him on the door. Yes, uh, and that she she wanted him to live. And if you if you watch the movie, you clearly hear her say, "I'll never let you go, Jack." And then she lets him go, and he goes down into the she water. She let him go. That was she bad. lied. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So, we'll talk a little bit about the structure. So, there was a three story cell house that included uh, the main four blocks of the jail: A block, B block, C block. You've been C blocked, and D block. D block. <clears throat> I've been D blocked. The warden's office. Visitation Room, The Library, and The Barbershop. You know what's a great movie that I always watch when it's on? What? Shawshank Redemption. Oh, you can't go by Shawshank Redemption and not finish it. I don't know why. I keep no matter watching. where it is in the movie, you got to watch it. Good acting. Um, you know what? Interesting side note to that. Mm. Uh, the, the character of played by Morgan Freeman, the name of Red, mm. uh, in the book was an Irishman. In the movie, it's obviously Morgan Freeman, a black, a black man. Oh. Uh, so they had to somehow explain that his name was Red. 
And so there's a part in the movie where he goes, how come your name is Red? And he goes, maybe it's because I'm Irish, which is obviously a joke. Oh, that's a little play on it there. Anyway, I like that. Continue. That's funny. Yeah, so the prison cells, they typically measured nine feet by five feet and seven feet high. So there you go. Talking about pooping in a room again with a, a small room with another that's man. a small room. The cells were primitive, obviously. They lacked privacy with a bed, a desk, a wash basin, and toilet on the back wall, and with few furnishings except maybe a blanket. Uh-huh. So you gotta, you know, you gotta try to keep warm in that, that prison. Sound good. So African Americans were actually segregated from the rest in uh, cell designations due to racial abuse being prevalent in the in the prison, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So for their own protection, you're saying that's that they, right. They put them- yes. Yep. Right. So D Block housed the worst inmates, uh, and, and five cells at the end were designated as the hole. Oh. We've all heard about the hole, haven't we? Oh, you know the hole. You know the hole really well. Oh, you get put in a hole, you're in big trouble. Sometimes things go into the hole that you don't want to go in the hole. That's right, and then you end up paying for it. Oof. So. Obviously, they put the bad, the, the worst of the bad, badly, badly, badly. That's not a word. Badly, badly behaving prisoners would be sent there, obviously for punishment, often brutally so, where they'd be beaten, be thrown in the hole. It was dark, it was dank, and uh, they'd, be, dank con- and they'd be confined there for the duration of their punishment. Mm. The dining hall and the kitchen they laid off the main building in an extended part where both prisoners and staff would eat three meals a day together. So they all got along, I guess, for uh, the most part. Okay. And the Alcatraz Hospital was above the dining hall. And that's where a lot of strange things were going on in the Alcatraz Hospital above as well. Above the dining hall. Experimental things and such. Well, you know, if you're going to do some experiments, why don't, you, why don't you just do it on some prisoners that everyone forgot about? So, interestingly, though, the corridors of the prison were named after major American streets, such as Broadway and Michigan Avenue. Ah. I don't know if you knew that. No. Actually, every every uh, in every prison movie, they say it's down Broadway. Like Broadway is the main aisle. Oh yeah. So I think that that's kind of was a common practice. So just ju- before we get into the ghost ghostly aspects of this, so jumping forward, obviously today the penitentiary is a public museum, which mm-hmm. mind you is a place that I'd always like to go. I've been. And why don't you talk a little bit about your experience sure. there? And what did, what did, did you like it? Yeah. So so you know it's it's a very common thing when you go to San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco a few times for work. Uh, and, and and pleasure. And pleasure to you. And uh, so yeah. So, to me, the most striking thing about visiting Alcatraz is that when you get there, when you get to the pier, mm. you know, the, the San Francisco Pier, I think it's Pier 9 or something like that, it looks like the thing is right there. It looks like it's, it's, it would take you... You could reach out and touch it. Yeah, it looks like it would take you just a couple minutes by boat to get there. It actually takes a really long time, and the reason for that is because, number one, it's deceptive uh, visually. It mm. is actually further out than you said. It's a, you said it's a mile, I think, mile and a mile mile, and Yeah, 1.25 miles, yeah. So... Um, but also because of the currents. You have to fight the current the whole way out there. So I went, when I visited Alcatraz, I believe it was in May. Mm. And it was freezing yep. on the San Francisco Bay in, in May. So I can't imagine what it's like there in December, January, February time frame. But, uh, you know, visiting the island was very interesting. It's, as you said, it's a national park, I think. Um, they, they they weren't doing any guided tours at the time. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of walk around the island. There's not a whole lot of areas you can actually go into. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is dilapidated, but you can't get into the main cell block. Um, stuff that I found interesting was you can go down into the hole, mm-hmm. into the solitary confinement rooms. You can actually go in there, mm. and they can shut the door. The doors obviously don't lock. Right. Um, but it's very creepy to be in there. It's creepy when they shut the door. Uh, and I was in there in the middle of the day with a bunch of people, yeah. and you still are like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. It's like a depressing feeling. From what I understand, there. they're they're renovating some of the portions that have been structurally compromised in uh, order to allow people into different parts of the prison. That would be cool. Like that. that would be cool. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't take you all that long to visit it. Maybe an hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half total. So going full circle to some of the things we like to talk about on the show, what more creepy uh, place would be haunted than this? 
right? Well, yeah, that's no, some of the, the just the, the 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 big name prisoners that were there, and all, all the all the the strange goings ons that occurred over the life of the prison from 1860, from when we first started building stuff on the island right. up until you know they stopped using it as a prison back in the uh, the 60s. So, mm-hmm. most famously, as we stated earlier, Al Capone, right, the famous Chicago mobster, yes, gangster. I have to reveal something to the world. So in eighth grade, in Mr. Poitras' U.S. history class, <laughs> I did a research paper on Al Capone, oh. right? And I got a really good grade on it. Was that right around the time where they did the Al Capone vault, or was that after that? Oh, that was after that, but I love that show. The Geraldo show. Um, so I got a good grade on it, being that it was eighth grade. So fast forward to 11th grade when I'm in high school. We had to do another research paper. And you, you had your so notes. So all I did... <laughs> was retype and resubmit the same paper I did in eighth grade, and I didn't nearly get as good a grade <laughs> Maybe on it. Maybe because you're supposed to do better. <laughs> I think that was Mrs. Freeman's English class. Oh, Mrs. Freeman. Oh. You know that she Mrs. Was Freeman. A, yeah, she was, she was a, a tyrant of the English. Did she teach journalism as well? Oh, uh, possibly. I think she called me names. Yeah, she probably anyway. did. So anyway, Al Capone, uh, you know, obviously he was not a force to be messed with. He was one of the most powerful crime bosses in and around Chicago. He had over a thousand gunmen under his name, but... Obviously, he was caught, and he was uh, he was sent to Alcatraz at some point. His guy pulls a knife. Your guy pulls a gun. He spent- you send one of yours to the hospital. He sent one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Isn't? Did we do that quote last week? Yes, sorry. Oh, yeah, I do it better than you. Oh, you probably do. So he spent eleven years there in Alcatraz, and during his time there, he did three stretches, stretches, stretches. down in the stretches. hole. Oh. Old Al was in the hole a number of times. He was stretched in the hole. He was uh, he was uh, tortured. Utter horror going on there. Uh, even for him, you know, and he was he was a bad dude. Not a nice guy. Nope, nope, definitely not. No privileges were allowed in the prison. Talking wasn't even permitted unless it was allocated time, but musical instruments were. Oh, so you could play the, the you could play the, uh, the 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 mouth harp. I'm sure there were a lot of mouth harps going on in prison. Some things. So anyway, Al had a banjo. Yeah, he was quite the banjo player, and uh, his cell was cell 181. So he was allowed to sit there and play his banjo for hours and hours on end. Wonder where he learned the banjo. Yeah, you know. Isn't the banjo hard to learn? The banjo is a tricky instrument. you yeah. got to be uh, coordinated with the old finger picking and things like anything. that. So he didn't die. Al Capone did not die at Alcatraz. But it seems as though he left his mark. Uh-oh. Many of the rangers and some of the uh, the visitors, they report hearing Al's twanging banjo in the showers. Oh. So Al used to serenade men in the showers. Let me tell you apparently. this. If you're in the shower naked and you start hearing dueling banjos, oh, you're in trouble. it's time to run. So, apparently, his cell door also opens and closes on its own. And uh, one visitor has, has been reported of feeling someone touch the back of their neck oh. when they were near his cell. And, of mm. course, nobody was there behind Without him. permission. Definitely not. So, going on to the next famous inmate, oh. a gentleman by the name of Rufus McCain. That's a cool name, Rufus. That's right. So, alongside Henry Young and Arthur Doc Barker, Rufus McCain attempted the impossible. What is that? In January 1939, the three men tried to escape the inescapable... Island of Alcatraz. Uh-oh. The attempt did not go as planned, of course. I'm sure it didn't. It ended up with the death of Arthur when he was shot by a guard. So oh. Doc was killed. Uh-huh. Obviously, he couldn't save his own life. <laughs> Both Rufus and Henry were sentenced to almost 22 horrific months in solitary confinement. Ew. And with a constricted diet of just two small meals per day. So that sucks. Probably gave him a little bit of bread. Yep. Maybe a little water. Maybe a little birthday cake on their birthday. Some uh, red velvet cake, mm-hmm. which I love. With their cream cheese icing. That's my... Uh, that's definitely my. That's your uh, thing. My my. Uh, what do they call that? Kryptonite. Yeah, definitely. My my confection kryptonite is red velvet cake. So if you're listening to the show, <laughs> and, you and you're an avid baker, <laughs> and you want to send me some red well, velvet I a, cake, I, I'm going to mention something in a minute about listener interactions. So go oh. ahead, continue. So once they were uh, uh, both of those guys were allowed back to their normal cells, they were allocated jobs in separate departments. So even though they tried to escape, 
they I think if they kept them busy, they would they thought right. they wouldn't let them you know they wouldn't try to escape again. So Henry Young he was uh, was directly above working in the furniture section when he grabbed a spoon, ran down to where Rufus was in the tailoring section and stabbed him in the neck. Why did he do that for? With the handle. Oh. I don't know. Okay. He didn't. He was pissed. How did he stab somebody with a spoon? Oh, I must have sharpened. That's the motivated right there. So Rufus went into shock and spent five hours in a slow, grueling death. One mind, any weapon. So if you ever seen the movie Murder in the First with Kevin Bacon, I yes, I, I believe that scene played out in that movie as well. I don't remember that movie. Kevin Bacon's in every movie. It's reported that uh, that old Rufus, Rufus's old solitary confinement cell, which is 14D, is freezing cold and his presence can be felt. Uh huh. Even though when it's hot, it's cold in there. You walk in, you feel a, a major temperature difference. Okay. So McCain is also accused of murder, but couldn't be charged as he was dead when he did the crime. Well, that's a good, that's a good alibi. <laughs> that's right. When you're dead. Uh, this, so the story is that a few years after his death, another inmate now occupying McCain's old cell on D-Block saw a heavy, dark shadow with glowing red eyes. Ooh. Sounds like the Mothman. It does. He was petrified. He was left alone to scream all night, locked in his cell, and no way to get away from the evil entity. So can you imagine being locked in a small cell... And uh, uh, with the Mothman suddenly appears. No, I don't think I would enjoy that. He was actually found the next morning with unexplained marks all over his body. Unless the Mothman was a gentle lover, but it doesn't sound like he was. He was purple-faced, bulging eyes, and he was dead. <gasps> he had been strangled by an invisible entity. Really? Yes, and they claimed that it was the, the, the ghost of Rufus McCain I'm sure it back. wasn't just another inmate that wanted to kill him. How would he have gotten in if it was locked? It was uh, a locked you know, cell. This, 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 you could have bribed the guard with some Marlboros. You know how it goes. Mm. You've seen those movies. I have. Yep. So... Back in May, or back in 1946, just, just after World War II had ended, six inmates had decided to attempt the impossible again and try to escape Alcatraz. So began that famous battle of the Battle of Alcatraz. These six men, which included Bernard Coy. He just said, man. <laughs> These six men. <laughs> <laughs> Two snaps and a twist. Shit. Men on films. <laughs> I love that movie, man. Just spill. Six hot men sitting up all sweated together in the cockpits. Three beefy burgers and one tiny little boon. Ooh. So Marvin Hubbard, Joe Kretzer, Clarence Carnes, Sam Shockley, and Myron Thompson. You know, Sam Shockley is a cool name. That sounds like a wrestler. <laughs> all these, all these Tonight, names. Tonight from the Providence Civic Center. These old Sam names. Shockley. Ah, fighting Coco Beware. Coco Beware. These guys, they managed to overpower the guards and take possession of their keys and weapons. So they took the keys, they took the weapons, they're going to start a, uh, a riot, they're going to try to escape. Yeah. It was just after lunch, so most of the inmates were at their allocated industry, so the cell block was pretty much empty at that point. Okay. So they had the run of the place. Yeah. What the men didn't account for was that out of all the keys that had been stolen, none of them was going to open the door to the outside world. The men's. Oh, you mean they were smart enough to not put the key, the master key? That's right. On the ring? That's correct. Yeah. So they were actually trapped in a utility corridor near cell block C. Three of the men gave up, three of them did not. Oh. So old Joe there, because Joe, Joe, uh, you know the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know motivated young man he was. Yeah. He seized control of a revolver and he started shooting. Uh oh. Believe it or not, the Marines were called in. Oh. Ah. You know those Marines always up to no good. But the standoff lasted a bloody two days, which resulted in the death of three men, two guards, and left seventeen others with serious and bad injuries. Hmm. The ghosts that go with that story, right? Banging, unexplained noises can be heard from behind the door. Then the open noises stop once again. More noises again. All kinds of noises. <laughs> Lots of noises happening. There's all kinds of noises. You know, it's one of the most uh, common uh, reported things in paranormal activity is noises. But you know, noises happen everywhere. 
If you're quiet in a place long enough, you'll hear a noise. They do, but you know what doesn't happen everywhere is uh, ghostly apparitions. No, that doesn't. And there's a lot of ghostly apparitions. You know, there's been a number also of uh, uh, paranormal groups, I believe, over the years that have gone to Alcatraz. Well, yeah. I think that's probably the case, you know. So, and I, I'm sure that they've found some uh, some evidence of things over the course of their, their time there. You know, prisons are a... Uh, Older prisons. What was that old prison? Uh, actually, the movie from the movie The Shawshank Redemption. That was an old uh, haunted prison yeah. too, I believe. Uh, was that Eastern State Penitentiary? Yeah, somewhere in Ohio, I think. Yeah, right, something like that. Yeah. Didn't yeah. they film a Godsmack well, video there? They did. As a matter of fact, yeah. you know, every, I don't. I'm not sure if if the the Shawshank was filmed there or it was someplace else. But I know that Eastern State Penitentiary uh, actually has a haunted house every year, like a a, a scripted haunted house. Yep. Like, like a haunted attraction, if you will. Sure. It's called Terror Behind the Walls, and supposedly it's very good, and they use it in the same space as the as the prison yep supposedly it's supposed to be pretty cool yeah i, mean, I have not been i mean what other i mean obviously uh, you have a a built-in uh interesting uh, sure place. you have a backstory already you don't have to create anything correct and you know arch- architecturally speaking they built these things right to look like old castles That's you right. know what i mean and stuff like the old european castles That's things correct. like that so that add just immediately adds to the creep factor right yeah oh so that's alcatraz do you yeah, have more you know, on alcatraz no oh <laughs> Uh, well, well, I do, but you know, we don't want to drone on and on about it. No, um, I think it's an interesting place. I, uh, it's definitely worth seeing if you're out there. Yep, uh, it was relatively inexpensive to get out there and see it. And uh, actually, we we do have some listeners in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh yeah, so maybe they could sponsor a trip for us. <laughs> can we stay on your floor? We'll come out. We'll sleep in your uh, on your futon in your closet, and you can uh, you can feed us red velvet cake. We'll go out there. We'll hang out with you. You can give us a tour of San Francisco of the. Uh, What's the famous section of of San Francisco? The pier. The pier. No, Haight Ashbury. Is that San Francisco? Yeah. No, that's that's San Francisco. Too. And uh, we can take a swim out to to Alcatraz. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to mention too. The show is is growing by leaps and bounds, and I think it's about time that we have an intern program. Yep. I think we should have interns. Mm-hmm. So if you were a uh, uh, a nubile young oh. female college student looking for some fun, <laughs> I mean, uh, work experience. Can she be? Can it be a nubile young man? I, you know what? Times are tough. We'll take whatever we can get. But uh, if, if you want to be an intern on the show, mm. let us know. Yep. Send us an email at yep. theeonproject.yahoo.com. That's T-H-E-E-O-N project at yahoo.com. Our site is still down because we are not good at website construction. That's right. But you can get a hold of us on Twitter. We are on Twitter. Also on Facebook. Yeah, and if you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to talk about anything, uh, anything at all, uh, except sports and politics, yeah, we won't be talking about that. But if, anything else and is... If you, uh, if you want to create a creaming flip at home and let us know how it turns out, oh, please do. Yeah, don't hurt yourself. Uh, disclaimer, be careful with the hot poker. Hot poker. Yep. yep. Careful yep. with that. And uh, yeah, no, we'll be we'll be back at you again. And if you hear some rust, rustling around <laughs> in the background... I don't know what that is. There are two large animals <laughs> rolling around in a hot little sock. You oh, hear him? One. Yep, I hear it. All right. So until next time, just remember... Truth exists, believe it.